This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. In the last podcast, we learned that there was no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, what an awesome statement. And I know I didn't spend enough time on that. Uh, It's so rich and so powerful. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No matter what sin we have committed, the man who is writing this letter, who just penned those words, is a man who condemned the people who followed Jesus. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. He was going house to house and pulling men and women out of them homes, busting up these families, putting these men and women in prison where they were persecuted for their faith. Many of them were killed on the spot. This man had all kinds of blood on his hands for murder. And yet he says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a statement. If we are in Christ, no matter what sin we've committed, we are no longer condemned. We are on our way to heaven. And then we learn that, hey, we're not under the power of sin anymore because of what Jesus has done on the cross, the blood that he shed. We've been filled with his spirit. And we learned that the Holy Spirit should be dominating our thoughts because what dominates our thoughts is the direction that we're heading in. If, if we think of about sinful things, then we go do sinful things. And so we need to be in the Word, the Word of God, and allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our thoughts, to just take control of our mind and, he, and listen and be obedient to the will of God and walking in that direction. And... We need to be allowing the Holy Spirit to control our lives, our thoughts, our choices on a daily basis. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I die to my fleshly desires, and I want to do what is right in the sight of God. I want to live a life that is pleasing to Him. But he says, there's a a struggle going on in my mind because I want to do what's right, but my flesh struggles with sin. And that's why he talks about Jesus delivering us from the power of sin. Um, but what I want to do is pick up where we left off in the last podcast in Romans chapter 8. And what I want to do is go back to verse 9. We read through it at the end of, of the last podcast, but I want to go back and break it down a little bit, starting at verse 9, where Paul continues to urge uh, the brethren, the people there who um, have been, they have given their life to Christ, and they're following Jesus, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And he, he, he urges them, to be controlled by God's Holy Spirit and not by the power of sin. And so he says in verse 9, he says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And so a great question to start off the podcast with today is this. How do we get the Holy Spirit? If... if we're controlled by the Holy Spirit if we have the Spirit of God living in us. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit living in us, that means we don't belong to Jesus. So how, if, if all of this, can, all of this that controls our thoughts and our minds and, and getting us into heaven, if it's controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
And he's the one that's supposed to be dominating our thoughts because our thoughts control our actions. Then a great question to answer is how do we get the Holy Spirit to live inside of us? Well, when I was typing the notes for this podcast, uh, I thought of a 70s song by uh, Paul McCartney in the Wings, and it's called Let Them In. And it's, someone's knocking at my door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Somebody's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Do me a favor and open the door and let them in. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good song, actually. Uh, You can check it out on YouTube, I'm sure. But if we want the Holy Spirit to live inside of us so that He can dominate our minds and lead us in a life that is pleasing to Christ, to God, then we got to know how to let Him in. we got to know who's knocking at the door. And we got to know how to open that door and let the Holy Spirit in our lives. Cheesy, yes, but it's very simple and, and it's fact. And so how do we let the Holy Spirit in? Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 41. Check this out. Peter's words pierced their hearts. He, this is when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They're speaking in tongues. Everybody thinks they're drunk. Peter stands up and he says, look, man, we're, we're, people, we're not drunk. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands hearing this message. And Peter says, we're not drunk. It's too early in the morning. If we even wanted to be drunk, we wouldn't be drinking this early in the morning. He says, but this is what the prophet Joel prophesied about. And the, he begins to preach about Jesus and how the Jews have crucified the very Messiah that they've been looking for all this time. They've rejected Jesus. They put him on a cross and God has raised him from the dead. And this that it's happening now with them speaking in tongues is straight from God because of what these Jews have done to the Messiah. And he's now sitting at the Father's right hand and he has sent down the Holy Spirit just as he promised he would do. And it says that Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? How can we fix this? Peter replied, Each one of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the fully immersed. That's what baptism means here in water. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. All right. Each of you must repent of your sins. Because they asked the question, what do we got to do here to make this right? Each of you must repent of your sins. Turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is unto you, your children, and all those who are far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized, they were fully immersed in water, and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now, what do we not read there? Well, we didn't read where anybody was raising their hand at the end of the sermon. And, you know, because the preacher says, okay, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you want to receive Jesus. One, two, three, and people start raising their hands. Nope, that's not what happened. It's not, not the way it went down. There's no sending people off to some room so that they can be told about a class and they got to follow these steps before they can join that particular church and they got to learn about the church and, and, and it, it, there's, there's none of that. There's, there's no, okay, well, we got to have a Bible study for a certain amount of days or weeks 
And then if you want to accept Christ uh, at the end of that Bible study, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll vote on you. No, there's none of that. There is no prayer being said. You know how we a lot of churches do the, the sinner's prayer? There, there's, there's no prayer being said. It's simple as this. The people heard what they have done. They've crucified the Messiah because of their sin. They've rejected Jesus, the Messiah, that they've been looking for for a very long time. All these prophets have prophesied about the Messiah. They had the law. They, they, they've been hearing the teachings. Jesus walked among them for 33 and a half years, started a ministry for three and a half years, and they rejected their very Messiah. And they said, what do we got to do to make this right? And Peter says, repent of your sins and be baptized. Be fully immersed in water and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. This promise is unto you that's hearing my voice, to your children that are back at home or that maybe they're with you, and to all those that are far off. When you go home, you spread this message and tell them what you have seen and heard today. And you know who's still hearing that message today? That's you and me. And if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, all we have to do is do the same thing that these people did on the day of Pentecost. The question is asked, what do I have to do to be saved? And the answer that is given by Peter, an apostle filled with the Holy Spirit of God, says, repent of your sins, turn from your sin, turn toward God, and be baptized, fully immersed in water. When you come up out of that watery grave, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul backs this up as we've already studied in Romans chapter 6. And every example, after Acts chapter 2, when the church began, every example of conversion we have to Jesus Christ, every single one of them was baptized in water immediately. Why? Because that's what the Bible says to do to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Why argue it? Just simply do it. And if you can find a verse that can prove me wrong, then send it to me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to know about it. And you can tell me your perspective, your point of view of those scriptures. I'd love to hear it. But I don't think you'll find one because it's not there. So the question we got to start off with is how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Repent of our sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And Peter says, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why do we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because it's the only way to heaven. He's going to lead us there. He's going to guide us there. It's, it's literally Jesus living inside of us. God the Father living inside of us by the power of the Spirit. And if God is living inside of us, He's going to make sure that we get where we need to be. And that's before His throne in heaven. Paul says in verse 9, You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, they don't belong to Christ at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So you, you see why it's crucial that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have to answer that question, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say it one more time. 
Men and brethren, what do we have to do to be saved? Repent of your sins. Be baptized, every one of you. Be fully immersed. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. And we have to have the Holy Spirit to get into heaven. If we don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, Paul just says, we don't belong to Christ. It's that important that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't say speaking in tongues and all that jazz. I'm talking about being filled with Jesus. I'm talking about being filled with God the Father. Because if you read John 14, that's exactly who the Holy Spirit is. It's Jesus and God the Father living inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here Paul reassures us that even though we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, guess what? We're still going to sin. <laughs> That's what he's saying here. We're still going to sin. And this sin is going to cause our fleshly bodies to die at some point. We're all going to die. It's pointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Every person that's ever lived has died, except for two. And in, in, in my opinion, they're, they're going to be the two witnesses. And, and I believe it's the book of Revelation. It talks about the two witnesses dying. There's only two people that's never died, Enoch and Elijah. In my opinion, they're going to be the two witnesses that come in, in the end times. But I don't want to get into all that in this podcast. But everybody else, we're dying. We're, go- we're going to take our last breath. Our heart's going to beat its last beat. And this this tent that this our soul is living in, it's going to decay. It's going to go right back to the dust that it came from. And when that time comes, we're going to be raised to life in Christ and be with him for eternity if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus, who made us right with God by his sacrifice on the cross, was raised from the grave. He defeated death, and his spirit that lives within us, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to give us life. Amen. He's going to give us life. Without the Spirit, we don't have life. We're we're just going to be eternally separated from Jesus and never have a second chance. And so what it all boils down to is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Because if not, Paul says, you cannot please God. You don't have, you don't have a, a snowball's chance in hell is what I think people say to please God without the Holy Spirit. we got to have the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit, then His sacrifice makes atonement for our sins and we are forgiven and we are no longer condemned anymore. There is no more condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. But despite all of this, we're still sinners. But we're not controlled by the power of sin. We are controlled by the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we are on our way to heaven. And we have direct access to the throne of God right now. Why? Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, because of the blood of Jesus washing away our sin, and because we are no longer condemned, but we have been given free access. The the cell door has been opened up, and we've walked through that cell door. We're walking in freedom. We're being led by the Holy Spirit, and He leads us straight to the throne of God. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't, have, you, don't, you don't have no obligation to do that. When, when temptation comes, flee. Don't do it. God always gives a way of escape. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. 
But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you're going to live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. And now we call Him Abba Father. Daddy is what that means. Daddy. Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. So when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, period. When we make this choice, when we make the choice to, to, to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're baptized in a watery grave, and we come up out of that water a new creation in Christ, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our spirit is joined together with the Holy Spirit, and God literally adopts us as a son or a daughter. Now, that, that's very deep. Um, but I'm going to try to boil it down to this. Everything that God has, everything that God is, all of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, everything that belongs to God belongs to you and me if we're in Christ Jesus. (laughs) That's deep and that's powerful. It's amazing and it makes me want to shout hallelujah and glory to God. All of the promises that God has made or given us through His Word, the Bible, the Word of God, all the promises that God gives belong to us now. We get to enjoy them because He has come to the shelter, if you will, and He saw the ugliest runt in the cage because of sin, right? And God said, I want that one. I want that young man, I want that young lady, I want that old man, I want that old lady. I there I know they're the runt, I know they're just nasty because of sin, but I want him, I want her, I want to adopt that one. I want him, that runt over there. I want her, that runt over there. Yeah, I know they're sinful, but I want to love them. And I'm choosing them. And then he picks up you and me. And he puts us in his arms. And he loves us. And he takes care of us. If we let him. If we let him. But here's where people get thrown for a loop. And we hear this all the time when it comes to God. They say something like this. If God loves us, or if God loves me, then why am I suffering? Why is there suffering? Why do people suffer? Why am I going through what I'm going through? And so what I want to do is read verse 17 again, where Paul says, And since we are his children, since we belong to Christ, we are his children, we are his heirs. Because we have been adopted by God, and we call him daddy. We are a son or a daughter of God through Jesus And the sacrifice that Jesus has made on the cross through the blood that he shed on the cross, being filled with his Holy Spirit, we are now heirs with Christ. And Paul says, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, if we're going to share the glory of God, guess what? Paul says, we must also share his suffering. You can't have the one without the other. It's not a pick and choose. It's 
it's a packaged deal. If we want to share in the glory of God, then we've got to share in His suffering. We cannot have everything that belongs to God, all the blessings, all the promises, the fruit of the Spirit, etc., without also suffering. It's a package deal. That's why Jesus told us, if we want to follow Him, and we're going to follow Him, then we've got to take up our cross. And if you think about the cross, the cross is a place of pain. The cross is a place of tremendous suffering. It's a place of death. Stench, nasty, stinky, gross, horrific, painful. And if God's own Son, Jesus, suffered, what makes us think that we're not going to suffer? Are, are you better than Jesus? I know I'm no better than Jesus. Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. He's the greatest thing that ever walked, the, the greatest person that ever walked the face of the earth. He was God in the flesh, and he's now sitting at the Father's right hand in a place of authority and power. He, he's what you call the man. He is the man. He's the real deal. And if God allowed his own son to suffer such horrific pain and agony and death, that's what the cross is, then what makes us think that we shouldn't suffer as well? Jesus suffered. His disciples suffered. The early followers of Jesus suffered. You can go back and listen to the podcast when we studied the book of Acts. It's way back in the archives because that was the second book that I covered after uh, the book of John. And all throughout the book of Acts, we see persecution of Christians, people getting their heads chopped off, being stoned to death, being beaten. I mean, just all kinds of suffering. Matter of fact, we studied the book of Hebrews as well. And the book of Hebrews is written to encourage Christians who, because of persecution, were leaving Jesus. They're going right back into Judaism. And they didn't want to be suffering. They were like, hey, I don't have to suffer persecution when I was in Judaism. So I'm going back to Judaism. This following Jesus stuff is too hard and it's painful and it hurts. And I'm sitting here having to watch loved ones die for the cause of Christ. I'm getting beat up or persecuted stone water for myself myself and it's, it's not worth it so i'm going back to judaism i can serve god that way and the author of hebrews says no 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 don't don't leave jesus because if you leave jesus then there's no more sacrifice made for your sins outside of christ so stay with jesus yes it's hard yes persecution is rough but it's worth it if you just stick it out this little point in time in this life that we have as short as it is the persecution and the suffering that we go through because of Christ, the payoff is huge. The dividends, if we stay faithful to Christ, is ginormous. It'll be worth it all. That's why Jesus says in several places, but in Revelation 2.10 he says, Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Be faithful unto death. Don't hold back. Don't withdraw. Don't turn from me. Stay faithful. Even in the midst of persecution, stay faithful, and I'll give you a crown of life. If we want to share in the glory of God, then we also got to share in suffering. It's just a package deal. So why would anybody choose Jesus then if suffering is going to be a part of the deal? Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather suffer for a little while or suffer for eternity? Think about that. Put it in that kind of perspective. Wouldn't you rather suffer some persecution in this life that, that lasts, what, it tops 100 years? 
compared to eternity, that is nothing. That is nothing, absolutely nothing. It's just like a little ink pen smudge on a piece of paper compared to eternity. So wouldn't you rather just suffer for a little while while on this earth and spend eternity with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and with Jesus Christ in heaven forever and ever and ever and enjoy all the benefits that come along with that than to reject Jesus and live the way you want to and please your flesh and then die and be separated from God for eternity, never to have another opportunity to be saved and to have that relationship with God. Jesus told a parable of the ten virgins. And in that parable, he tells of uh, five foolish virgins and five wise virgins. The five wise virgins brought extra oil for their lamps. And the oil was used to keep their the, the lamps burning. Because what would, they had a wick inside the lamp and it would soak up that oil and they lit the wick and then they would have light. And so those five wise virgins who brought the extra oil, because the bridegroom had tarried for a little while, their lamps kept burning. And when the bridegroom showed up, hey, they got to go in. But the five foolish virgins didn't have enough oil. And because of the bridegroom's uh, uh, taking his sweet time by returning, they ran out of, of light. They were running out of oil. So they had to go somewhere and, and buy more oil and come back. Well, while they're gone, the bridegroom showed up. They missed out, and they come back, and they're beating on the door, and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, let us in. But it was too late. The bridegroom came. He shut the door. He locked it behind him, and he wasn't going to open that door again. And it's a picture of us being ready at all times, and, and, and that all is the Holy Spirit, and we have to continue on a daily basis to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about being filled in, in, with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and, 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 and that stuff like that. I'm talking about being in the Word and studying the Word on a daily basis and letting God speak to us through His Word, through the Spirit, and being obedient to what He says. Listening to podcasts, listening to preachers, listening to, to worship. Just being engulfed with the Word of God. It is so, I cannot, I cannot uh, talk about this enough. I cannot uh, get you to understand how important it is to be a student of the Word. Be in the Word. Because we got to know how to be pleasing to God. We got to be filled with the Spirit to even belong to God. And we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to dominate our thoughts because whatever dominates our thoughts, that's the direction we're going to go in. And so if we're not in the Word and we're not letting the Holy Spirit guide our thoughts and lead us, then we're heading in the wrong direction. And we're going to fall for sin or for temptation and it's going to become sin. But the closer we are to God and the stronger we are in His Word, well, what did Jesus do when Satan came in Matthew 4 and, and, and started tempting Jesus? What did Jesus do? He used the Word of God to destroy Satan and to reject him. And, and when Satan came with the temptation, he says, No, this is what the Word of God says. And if we don't know the Word of God, then how are we going to resist the evil when it comes? How are we going to resist the temptation? Because it's coming. They ain't no doubt it's coming. 
And the thing about when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, at the end of them passages, it says that, that Satan left Jesus alone for a season, which means he came back around. The devil's not going to give up. He may tempt you once or twice, and he may give up for a little while, but he's going to come back around even stronger than before. And he knows our weaknesses. He knows what we like. He knows what will get our attention and get our focus off of God and on to him. And he wants to destroy us with everything that he's got because he knows his fate and he wants us to be in hell with him for eternity. And that's why we got to have that oil. We've got to have the Holy Spirit on a daily basis guiding our thoughts, guiding our actions, leading us to the throne of God. And we have to be obedient to what he says. Don't be foolish. Don't be like those five foolish virgins. Be wise. Get in that oil, man. Get in that oil. Let those lamps shine in a light full of darkness. Choose to suffer just for a season, and it'll be worth it all in the end. The, we're going to reap the benefits of heaven for eternity. Paul goes on to say in verse 18, he says, Yet what we suffer now, hey, it's nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. In other words, it's going to be worth it all. This little time that we're on this earth, if we have to suffer the whole time, it's worth it. Because when we take our last breath here on this earth, when we take our first breath into heaven, we get to reap all the benefits that come with heaven and being with God for eternity. For all creation, all creation, Paul says, is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Well, what curse is he talking about? The curse of death and decay, and it's what he's about to say. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And you think about this, all creation, everything that God has created that has life, if it has life, it's going to have a death, and it's going to have decay. And this creation, whether it's a plant or an, I mean, whatever, if it has life, it's going to experience death, and it's going to decay. I mean, just look at the animals on the road. Look at a tree that's been cut down, or it's fell over, and its roots have come up out of the ground, and it can't get it, the nourishment from the ground anymore. It dries up, and it dies. Creation is groaning it wants to be delivered uh, from this curse. And we are a part of that creation. And so that's what Paul's saying here. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's create or join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We are given this hope when we were saved. And then he says, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. So Paul tells us then, he says, right now, 
as a follower of Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit, we get to enjoy the benefits of heaven. We, right now, get to enjoy the blessings of God because we have accepted the sacrifice that Jesus has made and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. There's a gap in time because, hey, we're still alive. We're on this earth. We're not in heaven yet. We know we're going to heaven because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and we're being obedient and we're following Him and He's leading us to the throne of God. He is leading us into the presence of God. He is leading us into heaven. But we're not there yet. We're still on this earth. If we're alive and our hearts are beating and we're breathing this air on this earth, there's this gap in time. And so we're waiting with hope. We're waiting with expectation. And we long to be in heaven with our Savior. We long to be in heaven with God and the Holy Spirit to share in His glory. And so what we do is we wait with patience and we wait with confidence. But as we wait, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to control our lives, living for Jesus on a daily basis. And we're suffering. That's what Paul's talking about here in this context. We're suffering for the cause of Christ. Remember, it's a package deal. If we want to share in the glory of God, then we also have to share in the suffering. But that's where the groaning comes in because we yearn to be with God, but we are trapped in this earthly body until death comes. But when death does come, so does the glory of God. Our adoption will reap its full benefits. And that's deep. I don't have time to get into it in this podcast, but it's very deep. Jesus or God, the Holy Spirit, they're going to welcome us into their home as an adopted child, as a son of God, as a daughter of God. And we're going to have full access to everything in heaven. And all of those promises that God gave us in His Word, all of the blessings, everything that God is about, it's going to be ours for eternity and during this waiting period here's here's what's so awesome about this during this waiting period during this gap of time that we're here on this earth and we're living life we have an helper we have the holy spirit that's what paul says but jesus also said the same thing to his disciples we have a helper who's going to help us get to where we need to be he's going to make sure he's going to guide us to where we need to be we just got to be obedient and follow him and allow him to lead us we have that choice. Jesus told his disciples about this helper, the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 26, when he says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. He's going to give you a helper who will never leave you. Did you hear that? He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So he's going to lead us into truth. What did Jesus say? I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to Jesus because the Holy Spirit is Jesus. It's God in the flesh, or it's God and uh, God's Spirit living inside of us. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him, <coughs> excuse me, because He lives in you now and will later be in you, or He lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He's talking about the resurrection there. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Talk about us. 
Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself to only us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we, my Father and Jesus, my Father and I, that's what Jesus is saying here, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Talk about you and me. Those of us who have put on Christ in baptism and been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Father lives in us. Jesus lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. Because he's about to die on the cross and leave them. But when the Father sends an advocate or a helper as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you everything and he will remind you of everything I have told you. So God did not leave us on our own to try and figure this thing out because we would have a clue how to get to heaven. God has literally provided everything that we need to be saved. He he has provided everything that we need to be delivered. He has provided everything that we need to be set free from sin. He had a plan in place ever before he ever created anything. God had a plan in place. He knew man was going to blow it because God is um, uh, omniscient. He knows everything before it ever even happens. And that's mind-blowing in and of itself. But he knew man was going to drop the ball. He knew we were going to sin. And so he already had a plan in place to redeem us. His very own son, Jesus, would be the sacrifice that would free us from the bondage of sin. And those who accept Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit and he guides us on a daily basis as long as we continue to be obedient to him and we're listening and we're following. Every day we have to make a choice. I'm listening to God and I'm going to do what he says. But here's the thing. If we want to listen to God, if we want to hear his voice, and we want to be obedient to His will, the only way to do that is to be in the Word. That's why it's crucial that we are students of the Word, the Bible, studying it on a daily basis, soaking it all in, and listening to the voice of God and being obedient to the will of God. And when we're in the Word on a daily basis, guess what? The Holy Spirit will guide us. He will lead us to where we need to be only if we let him. Here's the thing. We can always make the choice to not follow his leading. We, God's given us that, that freedom. We have free will. We can do what we want to do. To listen and obey or not listen and reject it. Or listen and reject it. Whatever. We, we have those decisions to make. We have those choices. Just like the example that I gave earlier. If we, if we can choose to sit in a prison cell, even though the door to the cell is wide open... You know, why would anybody make that choice, but yet people make it on a daily basis? Because God has provided everything we need to be saved. That door to sin and the bondage of sin, it's wide open. The, the prison guard has come, he's unlocked the door, he's opened it up, and he says, you're free to go. But yet people make the choice just to sit in that cell and to be a slave to sin. Why? Because they have... They have that choice. God has given us all a free choice. If you go back to Adam and Eve, he gave them that free choice when he put that one tree in the garden and said, hey, don't eat of the fruit of that tree. Well, guess what they did? <laughs> they chose to eat of that fruit. They chose to be disobedient to the will of God, and we're still paying the price for their decision. But that is why Jesus died to set us free 
from the curse that came upon Adam and Eve and and because of their sin. And here's the thing. We don't have to choose to be in bondage to sin anymore because Jesus has come and set us free. And the thing about sin is when we're tempted to sin, God always makes a way of escape. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful. So he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure. So in other words, when temptation comes our way, God provides a way of escape. And that way of escape, it's as simple as this. No. It's as simple as saying no. I'm not going to choose to give in to that temptation. Because if I choose to give in to that temptation, that's called sin. And sin separates me from God. And I'm trying to have a right relationship with God. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. And I know the Holy Spirit is not going to lead me into sin. The Holy Spirit is leading me to Jesus. Because it's Jesus living inside of me. It's God the Father living inside of me. And they want me to be in heaven with them where I am free. Because the Son has set me free indeed. And I'm not going to choose to be in bondage to sin. Sin is not going to be uh, uh, dominant over me anymore. I am not going to be a slave of sin any longer. I've been set free by Jesus. And I want to live a life pleasing to Him. That is the way of escape. It's as simple as saying no. But here's the hard part. The hard part saying no. Because the devil knows what gets to us. The devil knows how to get to us. He knows how to draw our attention away from God. He knows how to get us to fall and to stumble. And sin's fun. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It, it's fun to, to satisfy and to gratify ourselves and our flesh. But we cannot let, even when we sin, hey, as we read a while ago in First John, we have an advocate with the Father. We have somebody who's sitting there pleading our case. We can get back up, repent of our sin, and keep going and keep following Jesus. Because Paul says, you're going to continue to sin. John says, you're going to sin, even though you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul struggled with this on a daily basis. That's why he said, I die daily. I'm making a choice that I'm going to live for Jesus today. But I might sin, but if I do sin... I've got a Savior who is sitting at the Father's right hand and He's pleading my case and the blood of Jesus Christ is washing away my sin because I'm going to continue to walk with Him. I mean, God has provided everything we need to make it to heaven. He planned this way before He ever created Adam and Eve or the earth or anything on the earth. He has made a way that our relationship can be restored and that was to send His only Son to die on a cross for our sin. He put on flesh. He lived here for 33 and a half years. He gave His life willingly. He went through brutal torture and torment before the cross and on the cross. Buried in an empty tomb for three days. On the third day, He rose and He took the keys of death and the grave. And He has given us the opportunity to have a relationship with God and to be with Him in heaven for eternity. Why would anybody say no to that? Why would anybody choose hell over heaven? God don't send anybody to hell. We choose to go there because God has given us that choice to reject Him or to accept Him, the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. What choice have you made? 
you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, please write me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and let's talk about it. Let's just, let's just talk about Jesus. Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about heaven and hell. Let's talk about the simple things. If you have made that decision, please, by all means, share your faith with others and give people that same opportunity. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. We're going to finish Romans chapter 8 in the next podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.